Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Little Roller Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in today. We will be talking all about the past few games, specifically the series against Washington. Then we'll be looking ahead at the next series against Seattle. If you tuned in to our last episode, you'll know that when I talked about this series against the Nationals, I said it was one that we should sweep, and I stand by that. And before we get into this series, let's just talk a little bit about the way that I feel about this team as a whole right now. I feel like the Mets are obviously a phenomenal baseball team. They are so exciting to watch. They've had games that are just top-tier TV, let alone sports and, and, and baseball. But I feel like this team also falls short a lot of times and they seem to be very streaky in certain areas of their their game. I feel like a lot of times when we lose a game, we lose it big. Uh, and that was the case in this past series. We Our starting pitching, when they're not going good, they're going bad. And the same thing goes for the offense in general. Either they're on fire or they're pretty cold. And I would say overall they were relatively cold in this series against the Nationals. But as I'm sure most of you know, we were able to come out of the series with the win, which in my opinion, it's a must-win series. And I really did think we should have swept it. Uh, but we didn't. We won the first one, lost the second one, and then rub, won the rubber match. Uh so let's get into the series. Again, what I was talking about with the Mets is good team, obviously exciting, top team in the league, but they scare me with their streakiness just a little bit. I feel like catching a losing streak would be a bummer for this team, but I feel like they also have the potential to go on and win like 15 games in a row and just be ridiculous. But I, I wish... I. I wish we could see a little more consistency out of the pitching staff. Uh, more specifically, the bullpen, which has been more consistent lately. And now we're seeing some runs given up by starting pitching every once in a while. But just in in general, across the board, more consistency would be nice. But you can't ask for perfection, and this team has been awesome. Anyways... Let's get into the first game of this series against the Nationals. The Nationals came in at 10 and 20 and we came in at 20 and 10. Reverse records of each other. They came in with a 333 win percentage, we came in with a 666 win percentage. So obviously the Nationals are a team we should beat. They're one of the worst teams in the major leagues in we we were matched up against some pitchers who almost have no business facing our lineup. And that's the exact reason that I felt that we should take this series and we should sweep it. In the first game, the pitching matchup was Patrick Corbin versus our guy Cookie Carrasco. And Corbin pitched... Uh, pretty well. He he hadn't pitched well against the Mets 
in a while. And he'd been having a pretty rough year so far. Pretty much since they won the World Series a couple years ago, he hadn't been quite the same. And they were saying that on broadcast. But in this game, he did he did really well. Three hits, zero in runs, and five strikeouts. Over five innings pitched. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really solid start. And the Mets did not have the greatest offensive game in this one. Uh, it remains scoreless through four. Uh, we left a few runners on base in, in the top of the fourth. Starling Marte struck out with two on base. Uh, in the bottom of the fourth, uh, Maciel Franco doubled and scored a run. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Riley Adams homered to give the Nationals a 2-0 lead in the in the bottom of the fifth. Now, a 2-0 lead didn't really scare me. With the things that this team's done so far in the year, I kind of feel like we're never at a deficit too big, especially if it's early in the game, because I know we can just chip away. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen, and it would be very nice if it did. But... Especially only two nothing with with four full innings to to score, I felt pretty confident that that we we should be able to rally for at least a few runs later in this game. Uh, Carrasco pitched very well. He did give up the two earned runs on seven hits, so a solid amount of hits. But he had five strikeouts, and most importantly, he gave us length without giving up a high amount of runs. He went six and two thirds innings pitched. With only those two earned runs. So another good start from Carrasco. He continues to be solid. It's it's a good comeback year so far out of Carrasco. And it's really nice to see just these guys who we weren't sure if they'd be the guys um, in our rotation coming out and pitching well on a daily basis. Um, in the top of the sixth we were able to break the ice. Uh, we scored two runs in that inning on a Jeff McNeil double. So it was nice to see, you know, the rally come from behind again. Obviously, it's only two runs and it's in the middle of the game. So, again, it was something that I felt like we should be able to do. But Jeff McNeil just continues to rake at the plate, which is awesome maybe he'll be able to win a batting title and in Lindor will have to buy him a car like he promised uh James McCann hit a ball pretty well in the next at bat but it was caught for a sacked fly but so a run scored and the Mets took the lead 3-2 and they would never really look back after that uh Mets continued to get outs and ended up closing out the game they scored another run but it was relatively insignificant, especially with the one-run lead being all that we needed. Uh, Diaz got another save in this one. Awesome to see Diaz out there just pitching brilliantly. Diaz looks electric. His fastball looks ridiculous. His slider is unhittable. So it's awesome to see Diaz dealing, especially after the, the things that he had to go through being on this team and, and initially performing poorly in all the criticism he got, which was deserved, but also to be performing well now, 
he deserves any praise that he's getting. 1.38 ERA through the, the season so far, so he's just been phenomenal. Um, so that, that gets us through game one. Like I said, it was a win. It was a solid performance out of Carrasco. Would have liked to see a little earlier production from the offense and maybe a little more, but, I mean, I think that's wishful thinking. Four runs should win you a game most of the time, and that's what we got in this this game here. Uh, the next day, the Mets came out and they played the Nationals again. But this game was not quite as stellar. This game got off to a pretty rocky start. We had Miguel on the mound. And Miguel did not start off hot. Miguel didn't start off hot. I should cover the Mets top, top of the first to begin with. Because the Mets did start off hot. Starling Marte singled on a bunt ground ball to the third baseman and scored Nimmo early in the inning to make it one nothing. And then Pete Alonso would hit a home run, his eighth of the season, to score Starling Marte, making it 3 nothing in the top of the first. So we jumped out on Washington early, and Pete Alonso got another home run. It's It's super awesome to see him ramp up the home run production. But also continue to put balls in play in every way and continue to get those opposite field hits. It's great to see him boosting his average as well as hitting for power. I think the highest home run total in the league right now is still either 10 or 11. So he's just off pace for for one of the top home run hitters in the league or to to be a leader in the league. He's He's right up there with the top home run hitters which is obviously what you want to see from Pete. But it's also great to see him becoming such a well-rounded hitter. But after that top of the first inning, that's about where the good in this game ended for the Mets. Uh, Miguel, again, started for the Mets, and he did not have his best game. Juan Soto homered in that first inning. Nelson Cruz got on base. Uh... Kybert Ruiz singled and scored Cruz, and then he stole, and Franco hit a sack fly. D-Strange Gordon singled and scored, and the scoring stopped at the end of the at the end of the bottom of the first at five. So after the bottom of the first, which was probably Miguel's worst inning of the year. Washington was up 5 to 3. And then in the bottom of the second, Nelson Cruz hit a home run to make it hit a three-run home run to make it 8 to 3. And that would be the entirety of the scoring for the entire game. Not the most exciting game. Um I sat there and I watched the the whole thing because you never know, especially because it was 8 nothing after the second. So we still had 7 innings to score a mere five runs it felt like (laughs) it felt like it was so doable so uh you know it was a game that I felt obligated to watch given everything that's happened 
so far this season for the Mets. And in the final inning, the Mets did get a couple a couple back-to-back singles with no outs. So it, it almost looked like they, they were maybe going to do it again. Um, Trevor Williams came into the game after Miguel came out and, and threw awesome. Gave up no earned runs. Three and two-thirds innings pitched. Two hits, two strikeouts. Just the perfect thing that the the perfect performance that we can get out of, out of Williams, especially in this situation. Just give us a little bit of length after we had a pitcher who didn't do exactly what we needed him to do, uh, and just help the rest of the bullpen out by not having to, not making us have to throw arms at at every batter, especially because we don't have an off day for for a little bit. But this game was was again one that that was mostly a low light of of the series certainly the low light of this series this game was um i guess the highlights of this game would probably be Pete's home run to see continued offensive production out of Pete and then probably Williams pitching performance because he you know he was able to give us that length we needed uh yeah, unfortunately, it was McGill's worst start of the year. He he bumps his ERA all the way up to a 4.1, gets his second loss of the year. Uh I'm still a believer in, in Miguel. I think this is his first slip up. He had a, a good start last time out aside from leaving the game with some runners on base and and them coming in to score. Um but I I still think that that Miguel is is going to be able to be such a solid pitcher out of out of the rotation, in the rotation. Um, and he's another guy who's just stepped up and, and been a huge piece of this team, especially with, with DeGrom currently inactive. Um, and then to wrap it up, the last game in the series, the rubber game, uh, we had Walker, Taewon Walker on the mound. He didn't pitch the best his last game out. We were able to come back and win. That that was the the seven run ninth inning against the Phillies was Walker's last start. Uh, this was actually Walker's first start of the season against a team other than the Phillies, which is kind of funny. But that's just how it worked out with his injury and and our weird schedule where we played the Phillies a billion times at the beginning of this season. Uh, we jumped on. We were able to jump on the Nationals early in this one. Mark Canna singled and scored. Brandon Nimmo and Francis and Francisco Lindor, which gave us the two nothing lead in the first. Uh, after that, there was no scoring until the fourth, where Tomas Nito singled on a ground ball and scored. Mark Canna. Very nice to see any production out of our catchers, especially because Nito and McCann tend to be so cold with the bat. And I know McCann has the ability to produce produce a little bit offensively, um, but you know any production we can get out out of the catchers, uh, run scoring wise, is is always a great thing to see because you know they're on the team for their leadership value, for their defensive value behind the plate, for what they bring during pitching performances, that's what the catcher's really there for. If you have a good catcher, it can make pitchers better, and, and and that's what they're really there for. So offensive production out of catchers is always wonderful to see. And and I know we all wish we had another Mike Piazza, but 
we don't. So, so it, it's good to see a guy like McCann who can gun people at second base like he did the other night, but also, you know, have some kind of offensive production. And if we can get that out of Nito, that'd be beautiful because I know he's a, he's a catcher who a lot of pitchers like to work with. Um, so after Nito's single in the fourth, uh. Not a lot happened until the double play, which was quite a notable double play. And it wasn't an official double play because the two outs didn't happen consecutively. But in the bottom of the fourth, the Nationals had some interesting base running. Um, And it happened in the second half of the play after Juan Soto was tagged out at third by Taewon Walker trying to advance on a ball that was hit to his his left, which, as a rule, if it's hit to your left and you're running on second base, you're supposed to kind of stay put. Um, it's usually ill-advised to try and run past uh, a defender with the ball because you become a much easier out. But that's what he did, and Taewon Walker got over and covered third base they got the ball to him. He got in a little bit of a rundown, and Taewon tagged him out. And while this was happening, Josh Bell tried to advance to second, and he did successfully, and the ball was thrown away. It was an ill-advised throw. It was thrown into the outfield, and luckily, this team that just does all the small things right, all plays small ball beautifully, whether it's on the bases or just doing the small things right in the field. Starling Marte was backing up the throw. He picks up the ball, and as soon as Josh Bell saw that the ball was overthrown, he just booked it straight for third, just ignoring the fact that, or not even not even paying attention to the fact that someone could possibly have been backing up that throw. So Marte tossed the ball down to third base to Lindor, and it was an easy out to clear the bases, um, which was obviously a, a great thing, and it helped Taewon Walker out. Uh, in the ninth, Mark Canna would get his second home run of the season, which was a shot. It, it was it was a good home run. He 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 hit it well. Um, it was to pretty much dead center. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Diaz came in in a non-safe situation, gave up a solo homer to Juan Soto. He challenged him with a fastball, and. It was really no big deal. I feel like he was challenging Soto the way he was because we had such a such a lead at that point in the game. Juan Soto hit the home run with two outs. It, it was really no big deal. He he got the the third out right after, um, and I I still think he was looking pretty sharp. Maybe not quite as sharp as he has the past few outings we've seen him. It seemed like he wasn't getting quite the velocity in in zip on his fastball that he usually does, but he certainly was throwing well. And again, Diaz has just been amazing. Such a wonderful closer this year as opposed to past years. Um, Also notable in this game, Taewon Walker. Seven innings pitched, no one runs, three hits, one strikeout. Another great performance out of Walker. This, you know, it's so funny because sometimes 
it's just the way baseball is. You know, Walker goes out, doesn't pitch well last game, gives up a bunch of runs, and we win that game. He comes in this game, pitches great, and luckily we did also win this game. But, you know, it's the contrast in, in the quality of his starts, and that's the way baseball is, you know. And he was able to come out and, and throw seven solid scoreless innings this game, and I think he can continue to do that as well. I, I think that every every guy in our rotation has the ability to perform at a high level and and pitch well giving up minimal runs and and I think we'll continue to see that obviously we'll we'll continue to see bad games too um in baseball there's no such thing as perfection unfortunately um otherwise you would see full seasons with a thousand batting averages and zero ERAs, and 162 win seasons, and that does not happen. Looking ahead at the series against Seattle, the probables for game one are Seattle's pitcher Marco Gonzalez facing up against Max Scherzer. Um, I mean, anytime anyone goes out there against Scherzer, the Mets should have the advantage. Uh, but this... This Mariners lineup is no they're not they're not a bad team, not by any stretch of the imagination. They don't have the best record right now. They're 14 and 18, four games under 500. But their lineup is a is a solid lineup. JP Crawford and Ty France have been two of the best hitters in the big leagues so far this year. Uh, they they have a well rounded lineup and and I believe that they will play better as the season goes on. Personally, I I just think that this team has the ability to win games. Um, unfortunately for them, they're not doing the best job of that right now, and we're catching them at kind of a good time for us. In the beginning of the season, they started off pretty hot, and they've been kind of on a cold streak lately. So maybe we can take advantage of that. I'm still just dying and waiting to get our first sweep of the season. We're undefeated in series, but we still have no sweeps, and it would just be wonderful to get our first of the season. So that's the probables for for next series. Uh, a lot of our guys have not faced up against Marco Gonzalez. Mark Canna has, and he's he has 33 at-bats against him. He's batting 182. Francisco Lindor has three at-bats and has one hit in those three at-bats. Starling Marte has five at-bats and is batting 400 with a home run. Uh, and McCann has had five at-bats against Gonzalez and has zero hits. Uh, on the other side, J.P. Crawford has three at-bats and two hits against Max Scherzer. Adam Frazier has 20 at-bats and is batting 350 against Max Scherzer. And then... Uh, Jesse Winker has seven at bats and no hits against Scherzer, and Eugenio Suarez has sixteen at bats and is betting a buck twenty five against Scherzer. So obviously these two teams do not play each other much, and this is I still I believe this is our first interleague play game of the season. So it'll be exciting to see a team that we don't usually play. Um, that's game one, game two. The probables are, um, 
I believe for the Mets, it will be Chris Bassett. And for the Mariners, it will be George Kirby. Uh, none of the Mets hitters have ever faced Kirby before. I don't know a lot about him, but he has a zero ERA and is zero and zero for starts so far this year. So I'm assuming this is his first start of the year. He has seven strikeouts on the year, so maybe he's come in uh, from the bullpen. I am not sure, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. He seems like a young guy. And, yeah, he has pitched in one regular season game so far. Threw six innings, struck out seven. So, that that's, seems like a pretty good... I, I don't know if he started, but if he's thrown one game and, and threw six innings, I'm assuming he did start. He did start that game. He did not get the win, even though he threw six innings of shutout ball, which is unfortunate for him in his first career start. So this is his second career start, and he's doing it against the Mets. So obviously there are no numbers for the Mets hitters against George Kirby. But these Seattle hitters have seen Chris Bassett a, a solid amount in the past. J.P. Crawford has 20 at-bats and is hitting 350. Ty France has 10 at-bats, is batting 400. Adam Frazier has three at-bats and has a hit in one of them. Jared Kelnick has five at-bats and is batting zero, no hits. Uh, Dylan Moore has eight at-bats and is batting 125. Uh, Eugenio Suarez has four at-bats and is batting 750. Abraham Toro has eight at-bats and is batting 250. And Luis Torrens is batting 333 and three at-bats. One hit and three at-bats. Uh, another, now this is, this is a, a, a question mark of a game. Obviously Bassett has been so consistently solid for us so far this year. And I would expect him to go out and, and do more of the same. Maybe get, maybe give up a couple runs, but I would expect him to, to go out there and be solid in, and I hope that, that the Mets can go out there and get some runs off of this kid. But again, really just a question mark. We don't really know what we're going to see out of George Kirby as such a young kid. His second big league start, second big league outing. So that'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll be witnessing greatness. Maybe we'll just be witnessing, you know, another guy. Uh, but that's a, that's a big question mark of a game, if you ask me. Uh, and then the third game, Sunday... We've got Cookie Carrasco back on the mound against Robbie Ray. Carrasco matches up, pitching a little better than Robbie Ray so far this year. Uh, Robbie Ray's got a 4.22 ERA. Carrasco has a 3.19 so far this year. Um, as far as batting goes, Alonzo's seen Ray, Robbie Ray three times, no hits. Mark Hanna's seen him five times, no hits. J.D. Davis has one hit and four at-bats. Eduardo Escobar has two home runs in four at-bats with three hits in those four at-bats. He's three for four with 750 and two home runs against this guy. So, hey, maybe maybe this third game of the Seattle series will be Escobar's time to shine. Uh, Travis Janikowski is 0 for 2 against him. Starling Marte has 20 at-bats and is batting 350. McCann has... Faced this guy one time and has a home run. He's batting a thousand. 
Uh, Brandon Nimmo has two at-bats in, in one hit, and Dom Smith is 0-4 against Robbie Ray. On the other side of the ball, Adam Frazier. Most of these guys haven't seen Carrasco before. Adam Frazier is five, has five at-bats against Carrasco and is batting 400. Dylan Moore has five at-bats against Carrasco and is batting 400. Eugenio Suarez has 15, is batting 200, and Jesse Winker has seven at bats and is batting 286. So that's what this series looks like. I would say the biggest question mark of a game for us is that second game of the series where you just don't know what you're going to get out of the opposing starter. I would say our best chance of a game to jump out and get Seattle early is going to be the first game of the series where we're facing. Marco Gonzalez, uh, he is a solid pitcher, and he's sporting a better ERA than Robbie Ray is. But because we have Max Scherzer on the mound, I feel like that's just, you know, confidence right there. You never know what Max is going to do when he's on the mound. And, you know, that should inspire some kind of confidence in these hitters. Um, and then, again, that second game, you just don't don't know what you're going to get. Obviously, we know what we'll get from Bassett. Most likely, it'll be a solid Six six innings with maybe a couple runs, you know. I expect he will probably be solid. Robbie Ray has the highest ERA out of the three pitchers we're seeing. And Carrasco is uh, has been solid for the Mets. But I would say that this is probably our second most winnable game just because we do have Scherzer on the mound in that first game. And he, he is just another level of pitcher. So we'll see what we get from this series. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited that we keep winning series. I'm dying to get a sweep. Just dying to get a sweep. Uh, and maybe we can overtake the number one spot in win percentage and lead the majors again if we are able to sweep this series. We'll see how it goes. Uh, thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Let me know how you feel. Please give it a rating. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in again. This is Little Roller Podcasts, and I'll see you.